is Shell Sorrow, and this is Fire and Soul, a community where awakening leaders and truth seekers gather to unite in sovereignty in today's triggered world. Featuring courageous and compassionate conversations, Fire and Soul will help you reclaim sovereignty in life, love, and leadership. Let's listen, learn, and stand together as models for our new world, starting now. Well, hello, beautiful family of light. I'll explain in a moment uh, where that term comes from. I am hopping on the mic today on April 7th uh, after a very deep and profound and tender integration for three full days of almost complete silence. After three days up in the mountains north of Los Angeles here in Southern California, uh, sitting in a plant medicine ceremony uh, with a very small intimate group of just 11 of us, eight participants, three facilitators in a style that I hadn't experienced before called Shipibo tradition. Very, very different than my experience with plant medicine uh, back at, at Rhythmia Life Advancement Center in Costa Rica. In November of 2019, I had four journeys back then, and uh, that was an incredible experience. Very different. Not only the style and the tradition, and even, you know, the overall atmosphere at Rhythmia, they utilize a lot of music, which is just so beautiful and profoundly healing. Uh, and still, I listen to that music on a daily basis uh, with a medicine playlist that I've been curating since then. Many of you, by the way, have picked that up. You can head over to my show notes uh, and grab that link. It's a Spotify link called Medicine Playlist if you are interested. But I've been continuing to add to that playlist for the last couple of years and then now uh, that I've just returned from this most recent journey, I've added uh, numerous more uh, songs just to deepen into that portal of of just beauty just beauty and grace the truth of what it's all about anyway so Rhythmia was a very very different experience my, my journeys were very acute uh, some felt quite traumatic I shared very vividly and viscerally here on this show about those experiences if you do want to go back to November and December of 2019 uh, right away when I came back from those experiences, I had uh, both the co-founders on my podcast. One of them I had on within like 48 hours. I don't remember being told to integrate. I'm sure they did, but I just didn't remember it. Uh, my life experience, my nervous system, uh, everything about my way of being in the world was feels very night and day from then to now. Uh, a lot more stress, a lot more uh, anxiety, a lot more do, do, do energy, be, be, you know, not be, 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 um, do, 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 uh, get, get, get. And yes, it was under the guise of service. And I do believe in my heart that that was uh, authentic. But it was also about, and I was very much ingrained in um, the Tony Robbins, you know, coaching philosophy, which I'm not judging. It was so perfect for me at that time, but it was about, you know, taking massive, massive action. And if you can't, you must. And uh, and even though I know there's a lot more to his teachings that are divinely spiritual and, and deeply grounded, I hadn't caught on to that yet, right? Like it was all about mastering the mindset and making more and doubling the business and troubling the, tripling the business and, and getting more students in my mastermind and getting more, more, more growing, growing it, making it bigger, bigger, bigger. Even the energy, as I say, that sounds exhausting, but that was the mindset. That was the frequency that I was living at. So, of course, my journeys were intense. Of course, I probably didn't hear the message of the importance of the integration if they provided that guidance. I imagine they did. I just wasn't able to receive it. So I had very acute, very traumatic experiences. I also had a couple of blissful moments in my journeys uh, to show me what's possible. Thank goodness for those because otherwise it was deeply harrowing for me. But my life at that time was deeply harrowing. You get what you need, right? It was a, it's a, it's the plant medicine is going to be a couple of different things. At least this is my understanding, either a deep mirror of reflection of where you are in life um, just to show you 
honestly, or an invitation to see what you need in life. I'm sure there's a lot of other ways in which it can play itself out, but that's been my experience so far. So I'll only share from my perspective. So the acute, traumatic, dramatic, over the top, you know, experience from the past didn't integrate, hop right back on the mic, went right back into, into, you know, leading my mastermind. I think I was teaching within 24 hours, shared my experience loud and wide on social media because I wanted everyone to go that felt the call. So I thought I was being of service and it, and it, on some level, I'm sure truly was because as far as I know, maybe 30 or 40 people or more have gone to Rhythmia as a direct result of me sharing so honestly and so openly about my journeys. Uh, this time around, as I started to get the call in December, uh, and if you've been following along this show, and I know we have so many new listeners, so welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, uh, you know, everything started to deconstruct for me on August Sixth, as I went into a flower medicine ceremony that weekend in Santa Monica. By August 10th, I spun out into, I could only refer to it as like a nervous breakdown, PTSD experience, had let go of the alcohol and then let go of my apartment in Santa Monica, let go of Santa Monica. And, and, and I knew that I was letting go of everything I knew as my life because I was deep in my awakening journey and it felt terrifying. It was like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even know how to be. I didn't know how to show up in the world. I didn't know how to show up on social in conversations. I didn't, I didn't even know how to drive my car for over two months. And so as I started to like, okay, settle into that complete beautiful mess <laughs> with absolutely no certainty and having grieved and mourned the loss of a seven-figure coaching business that I had worked my ass off to build almost all organically and so from my heart finally felt like I had my true purpose and I was living my dharma and it was like Phew. it was fucking gone and the only thing that was left was a company that I co-founded with my then podcast producer and friend, Ginny, called The Podcast Accelerator. We had been running it for almost two years, and I knew that we had a launch in February of 2022. And I was like, okay, well, at least I have that. <laughs> well, just to quickly let you know, that launch... The investment on that launch was about $40,000 just because we did a new website and ads and marketing and ad management and backend and team, and which wasn't a problem. We've invested more than that in our past, but we've always rec recouped very nicely in our gross revenue. Well, this one, we broke even. And so when I saw that, it was like, oh my God, there is literally nothing left now. Everything is falling away. And I don't know exactly what's going to happen with that company for the future. I'm just looking at what's, what's happening versus what I'd like to happen or what I thought would happen or what I planned on happening. That launch we thought was going to be a multiple six-figure launch. The numbers were there. And it just didn't happen. And I, I think I know why, but I will wait for a later time to share any more on that. But anyway, so here I am going through late summer and then fall. Everything's falling away. I don't know what's left except maybe this next one launch inside this podcast accelerator company that I still just and still to this moment like align with in terms of what feels like part of my purpose, right? Empowering others to be seen and heard. I live for that. And so that still was still very authentic. By the way, everything I ever did in my coaching and training services always felt authentic. It's just it no longer aligned with what was needing to emerge, what was trying to emerge in this PTSD, nervous breakdown, fucking beautiful mess of a journey, right? As I was awakening more and more and more to the reality of the world not only on the macro, but starting to look at all my old identities that were no longer serving me, all of the paradigms that had become outdated that I was willing to be brave enough to actually sit with whether or not they truly served me as I was awakening deeper and deeper. And that's an invitation for you to actually be with right now.
It does require courage. It requires a deep trust and surrender and strong faith that God's got you, that your divine team has you. But all of that takes some cultivating and some some practice, right? So if you've been following along the show, then you know that like in November, I had a DIY exorcism, which is all the last it's not last. It's still there. It'll always be there on some level. But to what degree I let it overwhelm me, I now have the tools to work with that. Okay. The fear, the anxiety, the looping. I talked about that a couple of episodes ago and honoring the emergence. Uh, the looping, as an example, is, you know, that utopia. Everything's going to be okay. The light is already won. We've got this. Humanity will win. And then dystopia, oh fuck, new world order is going to take over, we're going to be hunted down and we're going to be killed and humanity is going to be extinct. Dystopia, utopia, dystopia, utopia. It's also known as a crazy eight or looping, right? So that's the macro, but then if we take it into the micro, the looping shows up all the time in our lives as this low grade anxiety, guilt, Stress, shame, fear, worry, doubt, unworthiness, lack, separation, all of that, right? So there I am. It's now December. Literally the season of December here in the West. It's like there's nothing left. I don't know where I'm moving. I don't know what's next in my business. I don't know who's left in my circle of friends. Like that holy maturity that my recent guest Luna Battaglia spoke about, right? Where we can hold space in the depths of intimacy without needing to rush in to fix anyone and to let them be in their grief, in their rage, to let me be completely undone and full of fear and full of emotion and not making it be right or wrong or good or bad, just simply holding space, but trusting that I will eventually come out of the unraveling stronger, wiser, and my light that much brighter. And then I can do the same for them, whether it's family or friends or a client, right? So this holy maturity that I'm talking about is can we be in the depths of that discomfort? And who's with me? Who's standing solid? I got your back. Turns out it was about three people. My mother, my sister, and my dear friend Gary Ng that was just on last week's episode called The Dark Night of the Soul. That was it. And that's beautiful. And I have beautiful friends in my life. Don't get me wrong. But this depth of being seen and being known with the tapestry of the unraveling My friends, we are blessed if we've got even one person in our life that can hold space for that depth of intimacy. That's so rich and that's wholly mature. And that's what I want in life. So here I am. It's December. Everything looks like it's gone. You know, (laughs) seeds have been planted. I know that there is an emergence coming through, but I don't know when, I don't know what, and I don't know how. Maybe you're there right now. Can you be in that space? This is going to be a theme. So bear with me as I talk about my journey. Can you be in the unknown? Can you be in the uncertainty? You know, there's a message that I left on my Telegram channel called The Awakened Collective. I'll leave a link if you feel called to join in the show notes. And uh, I left it last night. You know, it was the first time I had shown up on that channel in about seven days, six or seven days since I had sat in ceremony and then integrated. And then I came back and I was just like, hey, I've been off the grid. I've been integrating and sitting in. And here's what's coming through. You know, I just sat with, you know, there are eight of us total and every single person in that ceremony willing to go into the superconscious, willing to completely let go of our conscious mind in this time with an awareness of everything that's going on in the world and a presence to the worst case scenario that I just referenced in that dystopia end of the crazy eight looping, right? The world is going to end. Humanity is going to be extinct. We might be hunted down. That kind of mentality, right? Just the worst, the worst case. 
and how we could all be with it. Be with it. Hold space for one another while in it. And what I got present to, which is what I shared in the, in the message, was, see, there, there is this desire that we have as humans to want to rush a process, to want to rush an outcome, including this time called the Great Awakening. And we try to look for the answers. We try to make sense of what might not be able to be made sense of. We try to put the pieces together. Oh, is that a white hat? Is that a dark hat? Wait, is that a, is that controlled opposition? Wait, is that really a white hat, but in the cloak of a black hat, right? I'll give an example. Elon Musk, and this is what I shared last night in my message to the Awakened Collective. It was like, Elon Musk, half the internet thinks he's a white hat. Another part of the internet thinks he's a, a black hat but wearing a white hat or a white hat wearing a black hat. And if you're following along, you know what this means. And if not, then it's certainly out there and available for you to do your research. And then, and then there's a whole nother section of the internet that's like, oh, he's our savior. He's going to restore integrity on Twitter. It is like, hold up. You're only doing that because you want to feel comfortable in your nervous system. But if you're really following along, and you're connecting the dots because you're doing your research, you will know how deeply tied Elon Musk is and has been for a long time with BlackRock and Vanguard, who are at the very helm of the New World Order, both on the side of Tesla, board of directors and shareholders, as well as Twitter. And I've been following like ET contactees, for example, who have said up and down that Elon Musk is a white hat. So in the beginning, when I saw this information, it was like, uh, I didn't want it to be true. But what I'm noticing and what I'm present to right now is that we are looking for something to save us from feeling the fear and the anxiety of not having the answers. So the only thing that we can do is come back to the present moment because that is the only place that we are free. This moment, not tomorrow, not trying to predict the future or figure out where we're going to move and grow our own food or can we really exist in a parallel reality. All of that's important to start preparing and start planning, yes, to live in a decentralized reality. I actually do believe that is more important now than ever. One of the co-facilitators uh, from this past week, and she is ultra psychic. And she has shared that that is coming. She's known about virtually everything that's been coming <laughs> and that we've seen and experienced long, long, long time before we knew it as the world. So she's very tuned in and uh, has very strong beliefs about, you know, whether or not it's even going to ultimately be safe to be here in the States. So there is that. I don't feel a call to leave today, but I'm allowing myself to be in like, okay, maybe, Maybe not for me. I don't know yet. I know, though, that when I'm supposed to know, I will make a move that's aligned and empowered. What I know right now, which is what I was sharing on the Telegram channel, is my only job is to be aware that my true freedom and my only safety resides in the present moment because that's all I am guaranteed. So can I breathe fully and deeply into this moment? without bypassing any of the other shit that's going down in the macro and certainly in the looping of my micro. Will I be okay? Of course I'll be okay. Is everything going to be all right? Of course, because the light is already won. Anyone who's saying the light is already won, they don't know, but they are trying to soothe their own nervous system because that feels much more comfortable than just simply saying, I don't have a fucking clue. I don't know what's in the highest and best for my own soul's experience, much less the collective of humanities. So what I can do if I'm looking for that peace, ease, grace, and bliss, and joy, is I can experience that in this present moment if I'm willing to be in the now. So as I reflected on my December journey, my January journey, deep healing deep emergence, deep honoring of all that was, was happening, which was basically nothing, but this deep abiding of, <sighs> I want to savor this. I want to savor this, this unknown time. I can rebuild. I'll know where I'm going to live. 
everything will ultimately be okay, right? That was like, you know what I'm saying to myself. And I actually do believe that. I know that I'm capable of that. But it wasn't time. And then spring equinox came. I began to feel the call of plant medicine about late December. Uh, but I knew that I didn't want to travel internationally for it. I knew that I wanted to do it somewhere local. I knew I wanted to do it with unvaccinated facilitators or shamans or maestros or, you know, each tradition has their term for that. Uh, and I knew that it, I had to be with facilitators that understood what I'm talking about here, right? The greatest worst case scenario holds space for that in case I went there, right, under the medicine. And could they be with me there and bring me back to present moment so that I could then have the tools to work with that in a real life experience when I'm not under the medicine, influence. Super important to me. Super important to me. And turns out that's very rare. <laughs> uh, but I was actually turned on to a couple of people here in the LA area, but it just didn't line up. It was interesting. We tried, we communicated, we corresponded. Uh, and there were actually two people that came out of the Rhythmia world and it was two women and they were not vaccinated. They were fully aware of all the reasons why not to be and what's going on with the new world orders agenda, et cetera, et cetera. But it just didn't line up. And then I came across someone that I just trusted her journeys. I trusted her perspective. I trusted everything she shared in her podcast. And I was like, man, if I ever get an opportunity to sit with her, that would be like so sacred. That would be, that would be what I desire. So I started to vision that I had never met her in real life. We weren't friends, but because it was such a clarity around what I wanted, which by the way, what do you want? What do you want right now? What do you really want? Crystallize it, lean into it and then let it go. Right. I never said anything to this person. Next thing I know, we happened to be in a conversation, our very first conversation. And within three minutes, she said, would you like to come and sit in plant medicine ceremony with me in about a month's time? I was like, where? And she said about an hour and a half north, she told me where I'm going to keep the location and any details private right now, because that's what was requested. And I said, yes, she, I, that was it. It was like, yes, it was a full body. Yes, yes, yes. So then the spring equinox happens. I already know I'm going to go sit. It's already paid for and arranged. My schedule's blocked. And I feel a shift. I feel a shift in the way I'm actually beginning to look. It's beginning to become a little more visible, right? When you have this like completely profound inner transformation, like you're not walking around with your crown or sword, right? That's visible to anyone else, which is a really bizarre thing. Um, but it's in your energy, it's in your frequency. And I actually, for the first time could start to see it in the way that I was showing up on social. I was really free. I mean, I was like climbing trees and highlighting it, singing songs, a cappella in nature and willing to share because I wanted everybody to feel this vibration of love and freedom and joy without even thinking about it. That was a massive shift for me. And so I thought, okay, this is it. I'm going to go into plant medicine. I'm going to get the answers for what's next. It's spring. I'm blooming. This is it. I'm emerging, you know, and I was really grateful and felt really humbled by this entire last eight months. And, but really talked myself into this is it. I'm here. Let's go. <laughs> so I drive to the mountains for my plant ceremony. I get to this, this uh, little house that just felt so um, spiritual, really, so incredible. And, uh, and we sit in the circle, you know, and we express our intentions. And I had three. The first intention was, is I want to know who I really am. Second intention is I want to know how to embody my divine purpose and third intention was, I want to experience the frequency between myself and my beloved life partner in this life. I was very clear. This life, please. 
And uh, she gave me all three of my intentions. It was so incredible. So remember how I told you that my experiences of Rhythmia journeys were very acute, quite traumatic to say the least. I died in one, like burned over coals, while simultaneously being tattooed every annihilating word I had ever said about my body. I needed that journey because that was at the very end of a, a lifelong battle of severe body dysmorphia. It's actually no surprise that over the course of the next two years, I were to gain 30, well, 20 to 25 pounds because now I'm a little lower than I'd been mostly most of my adult life, almost all my adult life. So maybe 20-ish pounds. Uh, I don't think that weight could have begun. I, I don't think I could have gained that weight and still loved my body over the course of the next two years had I not let go of the body dysmorphia. Because even at a size two, I thought my ankles and my wrists were too big to be seen. So I would wear long sleeve shirts and I would wear pants, never skirts, never dresses unless it was a long dress. But if my ankles or my calves were showing, I would be horrified. Just extreme body dysmorphia. It's rare and I had it. And I wanted to be done with it. And so she helped me, along with a healing of Panache Desai that was all very divinely meant to be. But anyway, so even that, I go and I gain all that weight over the next two years, and I loved my body. I was wearing tank tops. I was wearing dresses. I was showing my ankles and my calves. And uh, and there was a newfound freedom. It was it was quite beautiful. And so anyway, now to be here, eight months, eight-ish months into this journey, the weight's just falling off really naturally. But it's not because I'm efforting and it's not because I'm trying to lose the weight so that I could finally be worthy of being seen. I feel like I'm emerging into my natural body, my physical expression, if that makes sense. So anyway, this journey, having set those three intentions, was so subtle and so gentle and so nuanced, it felt like, if I could describe this uh, effectively, it would be so beautiful. Um, imagine like a feather that's just softly floating in like the sky and making its, you know, dissension to softly land on, you know, maybe soil or the earth. But imagine that feather is, is, a, is a rose petal. And the energy just felt like this rose petal that was just in slow motion, like scooping up that insight and then bringing it into my heart. And then on the left of my peripheral, another rose petal scooping up that insight. And it was so soft. It was so sweet and tender that it was confusing because I'd only had the experiences of acute, traumatic, and dramatic experiences, right? So I had to catch myself in an old but familiar loop of I'm doing this wrong. I'm not getting this right. I'm doing this wrong. I'm, I'm doing this wrong. I'm failing. I'm fucking up. You know what? I'm not worthy of getting this right. I'm not going deep enough. I'm not as good as them. I'm not as good. Whoa. And then she'd allow me, she, Mama Ayahuasca, would allow me to catch that with the rose petal. And like, no judgment, just catch it. Observe it. And then I just start to cry, like little tears just streaming down my cheeks. I'm like, oh, 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 I see. I see what I can do from time to time. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And so that was like a theme that kept showing up. And then... You know, in my first journeys back at Rhythmia, I, I would purge orally. I would vomit. And it's very common to purge like somatically, like through sweats and shakes or uh, purge, you know, the back end and either shit the bed or in the toilet if you could make it to the toilet. Some did, some didn't. There's no judgment on any of this as, as all, odd as that can sound. Believe me, you are all in the element together and there is just zero judge and shame, judgment and shame on anything or anyone. 
And uh, yeah, there's just no separation. There's only oneness. Um, I vomited though uh, every time. I sat with the medicine, but I'd also learned a little bit about the Shipibo tradition, which is if you can sit with the medicine and that urge to purge and see if there's a deeper teaching in that moment for you before you just, you know what I mean? Can you be with it? Can you be with the fear? Can you be with the anxiety? Can you be with the guilt and the shame and the looping? And sometimes you just absolutely need to just purge it out, right? And it's just deep and it's con- you're, you feel like you're convulsing. It's like you need to do that because it's, it's profoundly healing and cathartic to do so. But can you practice discernment in the moment when you're feeling that urge? So this was a very interesting lesson for me because I, I thought I wanted to vomit. I'd get on my hands and knees kind of like, you know, rocking back and forth. And it was just like, no. No, I'm not. I I don't need to do that. And so then I would just kind of go into child's pose. If you've ever taken yoga, you know what that means. And I would just breathe deeply and get myself out of the loop of like even like that. And I would learn to calibrate my nervous system softly and gently. A beautiful lesson and tool for life for you as well. But I did feel a very strong urge to shit. Like, I I was like, I gotta go. And I was like, oh man, I'm gonna be that person who like goes in my bed. I'm not really stressed about it because I knew there would be no judgment, but I knew I was aware enough that I could get to the restroom. So I get to the restroom one of many, many, many times, by the way. Did not go poo until the third day. However, I'm back in the, the on the throne with the squatta potty and this beautiful dim amber light. Like, it was just, it was like a, oh, it was heaven in there. It was just heaven in there. So as I'm noticing that rose petal come up and say, you know, like, oh, you're not doing this wrong. Oh, that's what you can do from time to time. Rushing to try to get it right. The proving, the performing from time to time. Oh, that's so old. You don't have to have it all figured out. And then that's when the tears came, you know, legs up, squatted potty moment, (laughs) toilet, pure fucking bliss. And, uh, and I hear a message. It's very clear. And it says, take, oh, I know before I heard that message and the tears are streaming down my face for this gratitude for that, you know, that knowing of like, oh, that's a loop. Oh, I see what I do sometimes. Not enough, not enough, not enough. Prove, perform. Yes, yes, yes. You got this. Show them that you got this. You got this, girl, right? <laughs> not judging any of that. But sometimes we just don't got this. And this is why we have our sacred soul tribe to hold space for those moments. This is why you have this podcast community. And I hope you know energetically I'm holding you and we are holding each other. Because another message that came through, by the way, loud and clear in terms of me embodying my divine purpose, this portal of this podcast is it. It's, it, it was called a sacred sanctuary. And we are in it together. It's not mine. It's ours. But as I was on the toilet, Tears streaming down my face. Thank you for showing me the looping. Thank you, thank you, thank you. (laughs) Um, Then I had a thought of, there's probably somebody waiting for the restroom. You should, you know, finish up and get out of here. And then I noticed another loop, another pattern of like, yeah, rush, rush. Don't take all this time. There's only one restroom in the main house. There's a bunch of us here. I'm sure there's at least two or three people waiting patiently, would never say, hey, I got to go. Can you please be done in there? And that's when I heard the very clear message of take all the time you need. (sighs) I had never heard that message in my life. I have rushed everything. I have felt rushed. My nervous system has felt rushed. Eating fast, talking fast, walking fast, driving fast, deliberately and unconsciously, 
oddly as that sounds, as odd as that sounds, having all the time in the world in the morning to get to the airport, but then rushing last minute to the point where I almost missed the flight. I did that up until last year, every single flight with everything I was ever supposed to be at that had a start time. Living off of the adrenaline, living off of the stress, the anxiety. Not all of you operate that way. You got your looping in other areas and that's for you to know in the privacy of your own heart. So I'll let you be with that, right? Some of the ways the looping can show up is, what's wrong with me? Will I ever be good enough? Or comparison, right? Comparisonitis is what I wanted to say. Or proving, performing. It shows up on social media so big time. Who would we be without that filter, without that veil, without tagging where we are, where we're staying, where we live, which hotel we're at, right? Like, can we simply be without the proving? And for me, like little by little by little, just the continual shedding and it's not complete. And I don't know if it ever will be, but like even the lash extensions, the spray tans, all the jewelry that I used to wear, my diamond bangles that I was so proud of because man, my handbags. And I'm sure there will be a time and place for some of that at in moments, right? But I was wearing all my diamond bangles, just, you know, tens of thousands of dollars on my wrist to go to plant medicine. And as I was packing, I looked down at that and I was like, wow, who would I be without those on my wrist? Would I still be worthy? Would I still matter? Does it matter? And so for me in that moment, I actually just put them away. I'm sure I'll put them on at some point in the future, but it just felt really good to not have to wear them. So the looping, it can show up in different ways, right? We have our own different patterns. And I hope you're able to to discern yours so that you can really be with that, catch it, and then reign supreme over your nervous system so that you can rise and be free. So as I heard that, I really did just take some time. I mean, I took some time and it was beautiful. That was the ultimate message from the entire journey, especially as I fast forward. There's just two more shares here from this nuance. And I've got a lot more that I will probably come on and go deep and narrow with at later times. Um, One is around a hysterectomy and the fibroids that led up to that finite moment that I had to have. Um or was told I had to have. There's all of that in the medical system and using our discernment going forward. But um, that's for a later dose and more shares down the road. But the next piece, before I get to the final piece, showed up as the second night, uh, one of the facilitators uh, took us through a little process before we sipped on our first cup of the medicine. And by the way, I only had less than one cup each night, you're offered up to two and some people had two and some people had one or half a one. And, um, so that was me. And, uh, and I had to work with that, by the way, I told myself like, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you willing to go in deeper? And then it was like, wait, hold up. This is what you want to do right now. You don't have to keep up with them. You don't have to do it the way they're doing it just to prove that you're strong enough, you're brave enough, you're bold enough. This is what you want to do right now. Honor what you want. And so I did, and it was a beautiful journey for me. I got to be one with the grid of the infinite intelligence of the universe, the neon green and yellows and purples and blues, like everything dissolved. There was no structure, no form. It was all energy and frequency in the divine feminine flow. I got to experience the frequency of my beloved life partner and fool. Damn, that was intense. I had never actually ever, ever, ever been with a man with that kind of energy and presence, but it's what I deeply long for. But I was shown very clearly who I must be in order to receive that energy and for him to be attracted to my so that we could come together in true sacred union. And then as far as the divine purpose, 
intention. That's this podcast and me living from my heart. So this process that one of the facilitators took us through. You've probably done things like this in the past, um, but I would invite you to do it again, to do it as quickly as maybe tonight or today if you can. Write down on a piece of paper two questions. The first question, and I'm probably not going to have this verbatim, but I'll paraphrase. It is, what do you want to create space for now in your life? What do you want to create space for in your life now? The second question was, what do you need to let go of in order to experience that in your life now? So I wrote down, and then we were to release to the grandfather, father outside under the stars. I don't think we were quite at the stars yet. Yeah, it was beginning. It was dusk. They had like this beautiful sort of boho outdoor living room. Oh, it's just magical. We were surrounded by the mountains and wild animals. And you could hear the crickets and the birds. And oh, yeah, it's incredible. So I wrote down what I want to create space for, and it was, I want to embody my divine purpose. And what do I need to let go of in order to experience this was anything that obstructs me from living within my heart. So then we go into the second journey and I'm feeling really good about my intentions and my intention this second night was again, knowing who I really am, but with more joy, I want to experience joy and bliss tonight. So I definitely got to experience that. But all of a sudden, this rose petal that was so soft and gentle uh, the night before, she came in kind of like a, it's still a rose petal, but it was faster in frequency and more acute, like, you know what I mean? And well, that's actually a little more aggressive. It wasn't aggressive. It was just assertive, but quiet kind of like the still small voice that's always speaking to us if we're willing to listen right and it was love and she came on the right and then the the rose petal in the guise of mama ayahuasca came on the left with the rose petal acute quiet message love on the right love left love right and then it came into my heart love Love is in the way. And I was like, what? Self-love. And then it's like, it's the only way I know how to describe it is through that sound. Is like the whole vision became clear. I want to embody my divine purpose. Anything that's obstructing me from living in my heart, I need to release. And the message of self-love and love, if I don't have that, fully have that raw undistracted unfiltered no fucking numbing out with the alcohol the substances the shopping the distractions the busyness the doing the performing the proving the looping can I be in that love Oh, take all the time you need and love only. It's the message. And then I get to the second morning shares we're integrating in our circle. And I'm not going to go too deep into it because honestly, it is, it is, it sounds like a wounded animal dying in the in in the wild. I I'm not afraid to share that with you, but it's not necessary because that would be an old loop of me trying to get you to feel it. So what I will say is that when the, it came time for me to speak, I was the last participant to share, and I said, you know, I think I'm good. Like I don't necessarily need to share. Lord knows I am fully self-expressed and let myself be known. And then that was it. All of a sudden, I'm hyperventilating, sobbing, and I hear the words come out of my mouth of, I'm so fucking undone. Fucking undone. Like, undone. In it. Unraveling. I am in the hot fucking beautiful mess, but it wasn't beautiful in that moment. Despite the message of, take all the time you need. Rose petals, love, grace, love, grace, ah, beauty, oneness, everything is happening now in an open, loving, deep heart right 
I'm in a <laughs> that was a loop. It was a loop. And I was able to catch it without judging it. And by the way, the energy of the collective phew, just could hold space for this. Like absolutely present, heart open. Yes, girl, be in this. This is the medicine. This is it. And I was like, I'm so pissed. I've been unraveling for eight months. I came to this plant medicine ceremony because I was going to get answers. You know, it's just like, oh, I can laugh about it now, but it was not funny then because um, I wanted to rush. This time, this undoingness, this unknownness, this uncertainty in the macro and on the micro. I want to make sense of things. I want to know what's next. I'm ready. I thought spring has sprung. Let's get into action. Let's bloom the damn thing. I've been through it. I've sat with it. I've savored it. Let's go. Not really. That wasn't my energy. But in that moment, as I was sharing, that was my energy. Because it felt like it was going to take forever. And I heard the words come out of my mouth of like, I can't keep doing this. I don't want to keep doing this. This is unbearable. Now I'll actually cry a little because what I'm present to is that this time feels unbearable. Yet we're awake and we're here. And so I was shown the antidote. I was shown the tools. I was shown how to be free and sovereign in my heart, full of love in the present moment. And then I was shown after my journeys, how I loop utopia, dystopia, patterns of shame, patterns of guilt, patterns of rage, patterns of fear, patterns of anxiety, right? Proving, performing, and doing, distracting, and numbing in our own ways, and even though it's way less now than it's ever been in my life, and I need to give myself credit because I have had so much profound growth, it'll never be complete as long as we are wholly alive. And anyone who thinks that it's one day going to com be complete or that the light is already won or here's the answers, that is just not true, my friends. That is only what we are doing to soothe our little nervous systems that don't know how to be in the unknown. But the unknown, the undoing is the only place that freedom resides. That is where there is no fear because it is the only place that we know that we are truly wholly alive and can be, if we choose, completely and fully embodied. And that is my wish for you. So can you begin to track where you loop? Can you begin to catch it with ease and grace? Can you live from a heart that's radiating true love, not fake performative love? To get the attention, to get the followers, to get the clients, to get the money, to get the credit, to get the accolades, to get the status of an Instagram bio. Can you embody it? Can you be with the same shit that comes up when you want to drink it away? Can you instead soothe your nervous system and say, yeah, I know right now you don't know how to be without this glass of wine or without this cocktail. But I'm going to show you how to do it tonight, just tonight, one breath at a time. I'm going to put my hand, my left hand on my heart, my right hand on my belly, and I'm going to breathe love and light into this space. Or maybe it's food for you, or maybe it's work for you, or maybe it's porn for you. I don't know what it is. Endless scrolling on social. Can you put that down and say, not now? I'm going to tend to me. I'm going to learn how to be with myself in this present moment. And I don't know what the fuck is going to happen tomorrow. I don't know how this is all going to play out. I don't know what my role in this is, even of how this is going to play out. But none of that even matters if I come back to this now moment. So the gifts for me, the antidote in the journeys, the lessons in the integrations, and ultimately what I was left with is I integrated so hard and just journaled like crazy as I got home is Rumi kept coming up. You know, you're probably familiar with him as the 13th century Persian, Persian poet and Sufi mystic. 
Yeah. You know, he remains one of the world's brightest luminaries and creative talents. And really everything he speaks to is that love is the only antidote to fear and uh, to really live in your deep open heart. So there's a couple of quotes, one that really spoke to me, one you've probably heard, maybe the other you have as well. And I'll wrap here. But the second one I've never seen that I'm aware of. And I was just like, man, that is the journey that I just experienced. That is the journey of this podcast community, the sacred, sacred sanctuary that I have the honor to open for us. And it is the journey of my life and it is the journey of us in the awakening journey, but it is the journey of the collective of humanity. There is absolutely no separation. It's all an illusion and so fucking seductive, but it's a lie. The first quote, which reminds me of that process, right? What do you want to create in the next season of your life? What do you want to create space for? And then what could be in the way of that? And then I got love, self-love, love, self-love, love. The quote, your task is not to seek for love, but merely to seek and find all the barriers within yourself that you have built against it. How do we build against it? And how do we actually create a faux connection thinking that it is it, especially with the drinking? the anesthetizing, the numbing, the scrolling, the engaging on social, the eating, the praising, the looping, not to be judged, only to be observed and to caught when you're conscious. This other quote I hadn't, I don't remember ever seeing. And this just reminds me of this entire time. As you live deeper in the heart, the mirror gets clearer and cleaner. As you live deeper in the heart, the mirror gets clearer and cleaner. Here's to living deep in the heart, my friends. Be free and sovereign. I love you. Thank you for listening to Fire and Soul. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your favorite pod player. And if you'd like to connect on social, you can find me anywhere at Michelle Sorrow. Or if you'd like to reach out to me directly, you can at fireandsoulpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.